This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada since the legalization of recreational cannabis across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show. Uh, wow, a lot's happened since the last time we recorded. Uh, and by a lot, I mean history changed. Uh, and this whole podcast really has been leading up to day one, the day that uh, recreational marijuana became legal in the country of Canada. And that was about a month ago. Here we are about a month in and man, things are happening. So the next couple of episodes are going to, uh, we're going to invite some guests in to talk to us who have been guests on the show before and had some thoughts and theories about the way things were going to go, some predictions on the way things were going to go. And now we're seeing the way things are going. So today I'm welcoming back Tim Pellerin, who's the Senior Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of the NSLC, who we all know is the distributor uh, for legal cannabis in Nova Scotia. Tim. Good afternoon, Sean. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Let's get this out of the way. So I was watching Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago, and when someone comes back, right, the fifth time, they get like a jacket or something. Oh, yeah? I think I'm the first repeat guest. You are the first repeat so guest. So yeah. I'm going to take this mug that I'm having coffee in, and we're going to consider that my uh, my one go. spiff. Thank you for NHL for does, does a towel. That's right. right we can a give towel. you a towel. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. I give you my notes from this conversation if you want. Uh, so look, I appreciate you coming back. I mean, no um, you know, it, it made a lot of sense to have you come in as the last time that we spoke. I mean, I know there was so much discussion that we had around all of the planning and thought that was going into what you were predicting. Uh, and I don't mean you personally, but the organization was predicting the, as the way things were going to go. Here we are a month in. I was there on opening day. I stood in line. I expected to wait a while. I would think it was an hour and a half that I waited. But I got to be honest, it was it was an exciting hour and a half, you know, uh, talking to people in line, uh, waiting to see what we were going to get when we got inside, how it was all going to go. So first of all, you look good. I mean, you don't look tired <laughs> and beat down. How are you doing? We're doing okay. I mean, I... I think you hit on something that that I really enjoyed too. So we we took our lead operators and got us out into uh, our ivory tower and actually worked the stores the first couple of days. Yeah, I remember you saying and that you. I think you were. Yeah, I was over in Portland yeah. Street, and uh, you know it was really really cool. And I, yeah. I I didn't know the kind of a more of the emotions of the last ten months of of getting ready. How mm. it would hit me until um, I saw a team of fifteen twenty folks literally like running around jumping. Excited, like it was like the New Year's Eve 2000 and oh, you know, yeah. 1999 yeah. Uh, to countdown. And, you know, I was there to get out of the way, but also to help them mostly with, to be honest, line management and tough potential customer interactions. Yeah. And I went out and I worked the line. We probably had 120 people or so in the line. And I've got Waiting. that picture now being framed for my office. And yeah. um, they were awesome. They were excited to be part of history. And uh, I will say they were uh, very respectful and very understanding of something that was pretty unique to, to all of us. Right? Yeah. So it was, it was cool. I remember I was standing outside watching and I was, I was filming with my camera. I was kind of waiting for the open sign to switch on, you know, and I think that in the excitement of what was going on, they didn't actually turn it on Yeah. and the doors just opened and everybody kind of cheered. And I'm like, no, turn the sign. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it was, it was a, it was a cool atmosphere. I mean, I, I was standing in line fully expecting to wait, but it seemed like everybody was expecting to wait. Yeah, you got to really, uh, nothing surprised me day one. I, I had some fun with the line and, and maybe I should or not tell a couple stories out of turn, but one was, you know, I'd walk along the line and I was telling people at different points in the line kind of how much time they probably had from that point. Okay. And so they really appreciated that. Hey, this is, you're about a half hour if yeah. you're from here, you're about an hour. Hey, you just showed up you know, probably an hour and 15 to your, to your point, right at the very worst it, it was. But I said, listen, you all came to buy the iPhone the first day it launched. Like, yeah, you know, right. what, what do you kind of expect? And, yeah. and they had some good laughs on that. And second, I said, 
did all your suppliers quit last night? You know, did everyone oh, yeah. everyone stop <laughs> last night? Um, yeah. And so if you park the, the, you know, there was certainly a, a, a level of novelty, we'll say, yeah. and history that people wanted to be part of. But um, most people were in pretty good spirits and knew if you're coming on October 17th, you're going to spend a few minutes meetings yeah. in line. So I would wonder if some of the suppliers were in line. Uh, the supply, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there you're talking about my suppliers. You're right, these suppliers. Uh, um, I'll, I'll yeah. say this, you know, we'll get into a lot of things today, but we have been really surprised on the amount of new faces we're seeing in our yeah. stores. You I mean I have a, I have a lot of pride in our team, our teams at store level that they know their communities. You know, they know right. the people who come in and, and look for advice on a great bottle of wine or how to how to fulfill an occasion and, and do something special. Um, and there's a lot of new people coming in, yeah. and and we're having to get to know them and try to give them the best customer experience possible yeah. as well so you know it's funny i um i was in the store the joe house store i guess it was probably a week after <clears throat> and uh i was picking up wine and there was this elderly couple uh in the wines in the wine aisle kind of standing back and elderly i would say early 70s like you know and uh and i could overhear them talking and they were watching the line and i could hear the woman and she was going, well, let's just get in the line. Like, we're here. Why don't we just go in the line? And I thought, wow, yeah. like, that's interesting. That yeah. was not necessarily a conversation I was expecting to hear. I'll tell you, one of my, my most enjoyable conversation was this this older lady. I pegged her at about 75, was coming in for a bottle of wine the day of opening the Boreal. Yeah. And she, no we, let, we let beverage alcohol people still get into their area and obviously yeah. not stand in line. And I had to shepherd her through a, a couple of the line kind of, you know, uh, bunching up. And, you know, I got her her wine. I think she was very appreciative. And I just said, you know, did you ever think in your lifetime you would see this? And this no word of a lie little old lady said, no effing way and didn't say effing. No shit. And I literally, you know what? It was such a day of intensity, the levity that wow. that moment brought me. And I, I've told that story to everyone, but she dropped an F-bomb on me that yeah. uh, she never thought in her lifetime she would see the, the legalization of, of cannabis, or let alone the NSLC selling it. So uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting day. Sort of speaks to the um, the magnitude of it all, you know? I, yeah, I mean, we talked about this, right? I think things that resonated with my folks, or I think you told me, you know, after our first one was, it is history that we yeah, made, global, yeah. global history, <clears throat> yeah. arguably. And second, that October 17th was the start, right? Yeah. It wasn't the end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've we've had, you know, 15 people around a table uh, every morning for four weeks almost, yeah. right? Talking about how to get through the next 24 hours or the weekend or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wish, I kind of wish it was the stop at, at the 17th. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a, a long haul the last four weeks, but we're, we're really proud of where we, where we are right now. Yeah. So. Well, on that note, I mean, you, you mentioned that there were, there was nothing that surprised you on that day, but I'm having a tough time believing that completely. So tell me about the day. Like you, I know we talked at length uh, both on this show and off the show about the amount of preparation that had gone mm -hmm. into that moment. Mm -hmm. um, in in I, I got to believe that that must have been such a difficult task just to figure out how do you predict what's never been done before? So you're planning for something, you think this is the way it's going to go. How did it go relative to what you planned for? Yeah, no, and, and I've been surprised a ton, so I, don't, I certainly don't want to mislead anyone. Mm -hmm. And what I'm most proud of is you guys haven't seen a bit of the sausage making behind the scenes right. to get what has been a, a fairly consistent customer experience right. uh, with, with a few bumps along the way. So we're really proud of that. I think the biggest things that jump out to me is anything we modeled from um, transactions, you know, timing of transactions, et cetera. You know, for a few weeks there, the first real couple weeks, we were running at some of the highest levels of what we predicted the entire time, like almost right. the entire time. So I was getting fed, you know, hourly outlooks of uh, of what the lineups look like by store and wait times, et cetera. And, you know, that certainly extended longer than we had thought. And, yeah, beyond yeah. beyond those first couple days of novelty and intensity that we thought. Oh, so okay. that, that extended farther than we thought. Yeah. I think the second and, and more of a pleasant surprise was the single most nervous thing as I went around the province and did a final rallying cry for the, the store staff at each one of these uh, folks in their last day of their, their multi-day training with our partner Lyft. 
um, was they were very apprehensive to work that muscle, to get in front of the customer and see how much they really knew about cannabis. The staff were, you mean? Our staff yeah. were, yeah. And I said, listen, you guys don't believe me or not, I've been softly studying this category for a couple of years now. You know more than 99% of mm-hmm. the population right now. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them called bullcrap on me on that and said, well, we don't, you know, they didn't say it overtly. They say it to yeah, me yeah. now that they didn't believe me when I left that room. And I said, listen, you got to strive for excellence, not perfection. Say if you don't know something, refer to your manual, yeah. go, you know, phone a friend, you know, someone down, you know, in the group that maybe worked from, a, we hired from a dispensary or had a background or really, you know, used to grow their own or whatever yeah. and take a team approach to it. And you know, a week in, everyone's saying, holy crap, Tim, like, you were right about that part. Like, we were fortunate enough to have a great partner in the training, you know, 60, 80 hours of training. And Ray Gracewood at Organogram said to me one day, Tim, when you work in organic or when you work in cannabis, it's like dog years. You work one yeah. day, you yeah. get seven days of experience. Yeah. And so the intensity in which these guys jumped on, you know, you go into our Clyde Street store right now and you got to really know your cannabis to completely throw, you know, that group off, really? right? Okay. Like, and yeah. And they did it as a team. They're passionate. They're studying on their own. They're learning every day about mm. these different products and their traits. They're going home and studying them on their own. We've got lots of supplemental stuff we'll do too. Sure. Um, so that's great because that's the thing the customer sees most, right? Our product experience, our, our customer experience, our knowledge, yeah. right? Was there anybody that was um, hesitant to do that role in the first place? I mean, I guess the assumption I make is that if you, maybe you put your hand up and you said, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. But were there people that were like, I want no part of this? Yeah, no, I think there was very few people who, very few to to almost no people in a 1500 person plus organization that didn't want to be part of this at all. I.e. it doesn't align to my personal values or whatever it happens to be. Um, But really our approach was, this comes with a bunch of new opportunities. So there was kind of a three different groups that we had that went into these roles. Folks who were full-timers in beverage alcohol who wanted either an opportunity to, for the first time, become an assistant manager, because we have an assistant manager in every right. in every cannabis store, yeah. or uh, wanted something new and different, mm-hmm. or were engaged in the category. The second group, which I'm most excited and proud of, is we had a, a bunch of part-timers who have put on average, five to seven years of commitment to us yeah. on part-time, probably working two jobs, being on call for us, waiting for that opportunity to finally come to be in the, the queue to get a full-time job. Right. And this was their opportunity to get their first full-time job, wow. either by going into cannabis or by someone transferring into cannabis, they got a job in beverage alcohol right. full-time. Right. And that was just awesome to see, to be honest, sure. right? And then the third group, which I think was equally, if not more important, was some outside hires, right? We mm. targeted... Um, highly capable, either um, cannabis-engaged folks who worked at dispensaries, you know, yeah, worked in California, worked in Washington State, worked in Colorado, um, or folks who just are really passionate about the category, you know, consumers themselves, you yeah. know, read high times, do whatever. And, you know, we were, we, we've proven to be pretty lucky and fortunate that the kind of people we brought in that have changed you know, our culture a bit and brought yeah. and infused a new level of excitement and learning into this category. Yeah. And uh, I think it shows, you know, almost every store has, you know, two to three. So make it call it 10 to 20% of their staff. That is someone of that nature. It came, the came from outside. Came the, from somewhere. Yeah, yeah right. Came right. from somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to mention that because I know we talked before about tapping into that private market model and, and, you know, people that might be able to offer some of this. So it sounds like some of that's happened. Yeah. And, and not surprisingly, um, you know, we, uh, we have some of our best, better those folks who've come yeah. in right on, hit the ground and just uh, have a, like, I think anything, I mean, I've worked in a lot of funny categories in my life and <laughs> when I match the ones I'm most excited or most passionate about, I'm at my best, right? Mm-hmm. It still says I can market Kleenex or, you know, Brita water filtration, sure. but at the same time, when I match it to beverage alcohol or wine, or something that I really do yeah. on my personal, you know, side of my life. It, it, it's kind of a, a, an exponential multiplier, yeah, right? right? So, it's funny um, talking to you now, and I'm sort of watching you, and you're the the feeling I'm getting from you is, first of all, you seem very excited, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I guess that I'm imagining some of that's related to the relief that that day's passed, and you're now you're, you're in it, and there's no turning back. Let's go, let's figure it out. The impression I'm getting is that you you feel like it's been a success. Well, ultimately, I, you're a consumer in Nova Scotia, and you're, you're a shareholder <laughs> of us because as Nova Scotians own, I'll, I'll put that question back to you. But every metric we can look at so far, we are in as good or a better position than any jurisdiction yeah. in Canada. And whether that's 
um, continuity of supply, uh-huh. whether that's customer experience. Um, you know, unfortunately, you take it, and we can go market by market. And, yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of challenges out there right now, and some of those were avoidable. Some of them was weren't avoidable. Some of those um, were based on decisions that were made politically at a at a, at a difficult you know long, later yeah. point in the process that yeah. caused them to pivot a model. We're going to talk about um, that. And then ultimately, which we I think will be remiss not to talk is is the vendors' role in this, yeah, the, yeah. the LPs' role in this, yeah. which. Uh, you know, we're all in this for for a marathon, not a sprint. So I don't want to be too hard on that group, but it's it's been it's been tough. It's been, so tough. been, been a tough grow. So, yeah. so okay, reading between the lines there. I mean, you know, I got to bring it up, but you you talk about the the measurements that define everything as a success or not. It, it's no secret that the supply and demand has been a thing, uh, and I think that uh, my experience, at least here, you know, it's a relative thing. Right, because here you go, oh, I can't get the strain anymore. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I went down there, I got this, and now there's none left. Yet you go to New Brunswick, and you know, I think it was eight out of the 12 stores were closed days later because of supply and demand. I don't fully understand how that all works. How is it that one place is able to sort out their um, inventory and another place didn't seem to be able to? My guess is that's got to do with how many suppliers you're buying from. Yeah. How, do you, how, do you, how do you try to predict how much inventory you should buy? You guys, um, I think you were mentioning earlier, in relative terms, seem to have done that better than most. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I say relative terms is because, you know, I'm sure someone listening goes, this is bullshit, though. I went down there the other day and they don't have any pre-rolls left. I agree. Yeah, you know? for sure. So let me take that from a, diff- a couple different angles. I, th- I think, you know, if you start from the point where every province in Canada, no matter what the model was, someone had to buy a certain amount of cannabis and get ready for October 17th, right? So... We all went to different types of suppliers, but there's ultimately a finite number of those. And those are licensed producers in Canada by the federal government who's allowed to sell product on or near October 17th, Right. right? So we went to these folks and we knew what we needed. We knew what we needed to have months of safety sock in our warehouse and our partners. Um, and in our stores, but they weren't able to provide that. Right. So that was our first step to say, okay, on the first select group of, of producers, um, that's not going to do it for us. So let's just throw out a number. Say that we're at about 15 now. Say we started and we were thought we'd got 15 that different suppliers. suppliers. Yeah. yeah. But say that we, we, when we made that first round, we had seven and we went, seven ain't going to get us there. Yeah. Seven wasn't going to get us there in two ways total tonnage of, yeah. of, of grams we needed and breadth of strains, which we talked about last time, which mm-hmm. we le- le- realized just the specialization by LP just didn't give us like the breadth of the top 15, you know, leafly strains that we wanted to yeah, have or whatever, right? right? So then when you, when you know that, then you take a step back and go, okay, what did we do next? We broadened our supplier pool. And we mm-hmm. said, okay, we're not going to be able, because the less suppliers we have, the better, because it's just more efficient, right? And it's easier to manage. Sure. So we said, okay, we're going to have to go to 14 or 15. And we went broader, both because of the strains and the tonnage. Then we attempted to get to a number, and that's when we got to a number we were really comfortable with. But here's where things fell, is... We didn't ask, you can, o- you can only give us this number. We said, what number can you give us? And we'll build our model based on that. Okay, everyone gives us that number. We get yeah. to a model that we think we got, whatever, eight weeks of inventory. But when everyone then delivers 30 40% right. of the number you told me you could get to, yeah. that has nothing to do with us. Right. That has to do with an, an industry that's learning on the fly. Sure. And, and you know they've never had to produce, package, manage, distribute on the scale. I, I said jokingly to one of our LP partners last week, your toughest phone call was what time Canada Post was going to show up. Because, <laughs> you know, in fairness to them, that, that was yeah. going through a medical system to someone's house, right? Yeah, yeah. And we know logistics inside out and we've got some new partners and we're working through this trying to struggles and sure. challenges on a, on a smaller level. Yeah. You've got someone sitting in Ontario with, you know, uh, the city block that we're in right now of a plant trying to, you know, handpicked often, Package, yeah. produce, meet quality standards, be tested, get out the door, get out with a distribution partner that they may or may not have ever used before as opposed to just someone who maybe was bringing inbound goods to them or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I feel for them, right? Yeah. Like that's not easy. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I often joke that that the, the cannabis industry saved Canada Post because I don't know what they were delivering before, but they're pretty busy now. I well, it, All I need is to say right now, it's a, it's a very hot topic. Yeah, no kidding. Um, if you think about 
right now the position they're in as they approach the business season of the year, especially mm-hmm. with the changing model of retail and consumer purchase behaviors from yeah. Amazons and, and those of the world, and the added intensity, especially in some of the biggest markets in Canada, is the sole provider of, of cannabis through yeah. online and Canada Plus delivery. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a, that's, that's, a, that's a big challenge right now. Yeah, it, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about the empathy that you just shared for the providers and, and it's, it's so easy to forget or even have any insight into what that must be like for these people who we are looking at. When I say we, I talk about consumer we as the people, the professionals, you know, yep. but how quickly we forget how new this all is, even to those people. Yeah. You know, it's funny until you said that I, I hadn't really considered it in that light. You know, I, I was just like, well, God, you can't grow the plants any faster. So no, exactly. you grow, you grow, you grow. I'm not even at that yet. Right. That, right. you know, there is a growth cycle that yeah. depending on your scale and size, it is going to be a tougher industry to catch up to. Right. Yeah. So we're dealing closer to wine than we are beer. Right? right. So wine requires harvest and aging right. and et cetera. Beer, let's, you know, how can we fill the vat again? Yeah. Right. And we <laughs> mash it and eat the tonnage. Yeah. Right. And again, that's tough and complex too, but yeah. not this extra factor. Right. But I think yeah. the thing, I'll, I'll balance my word empathy for a moment though, mm-hmm. that that has to come with transparency too. Right. Yeah. So I ultimately, my job is not to disappoint you. Right. Right. There's nothing that makes me more sick to my stomach than someone tells me they drove 20 minutes to one of our stores to find out that we were out of anything THC, you know, 15% or above. Now, luckily that hasn't happened a lot. And, you know, we got to realize our average consumer is not necessarily interacting with us on Facebook or Twitter or looking at our website before because they're used to just going to the NSLC and and having a great experience and kind of having the product they want or trying something new, et cetera. And back to our other comment, if these are new customers, they're not even used to interacting with us at all, right? And so it's um, it's something that we're really hand to mouth managing on a on a daily basis, on literally a daily basis. Right That's now. a good question, and I, and I don't want to come back to maybe some of those experiences in a minute. But I actually, this is a personal thing for me. I've 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 actually gone on the website to check stock in in the stores. But what I I'm not clear on is is what's represented on the site. What's where, what's actually in the store? Yeah, and you mean I, we could get into that for a while. What I'll say is um, we had really fundamentally less than quite a bit less than ten months to get this ready, mm-hmm. and so we could only get so from far from a technical solution standpoint. Our IT group sure. has been unbelievable in this. Um, luckily, we had a, a toe dipped in online selling and e-commerce uh, to start with our beverage alcohol business. Yeah. So we had a bit of a head start. We have a great IT team on top of it. So what I would say is over time, that will get better and better. And I think that's a really important thing for me. As you mentioned, one of the maybe aha moments already is this should be from a retailing, from a producer, from a packaging, from an odor control, all this, mm. this should be the worst we ever see it. Oh, good point. Right? Yeah. So think about it. So no one had any lead time on packaging, so they had to buy something. So a bunch of them bought packaging that they could fit one gram, 3.5, or 7 in. And yeah, you know what? Is there a lot of wasted plastic in that? Absolutely. But they also have to put a bunch of information on it that (laughs) you literally, I mean, I'm 43. I can't read half this stuff. And they had to have a a, a palette to write that information on. So that's, you know, everyone is is up in arms about packaging. Man, I've got two young girls. I want this place to be around forever. But I get what happened to them this first time around. Should yeah. it, it should just get better and better as, you know, maybe the feds relax a little bit that they can get packaging that's more appropriate, yeah. et cetera. Um, from a supply, like there is, I don't even know the number now, 100, 200 more LPs in the queue, very close to the end of the process. Yeah. We just had our first Nova Scotia LP jump on board October, literally on October 17th. Yeah. And Which that one was, was that, Breathing Green? Breathing Green Solutions, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and making great product, well-priced, hearing great feedback when people have used it. And they saved our butt for a few days, right? Mm. Because that was a new producer who got to come on board. Yeah. So, you know, we had, we know of at least two other uh, Nova Scotia producers very close to hopefully being approved. Yeah. And that only helps us help Nova Scotians with that continuity of supply. Right. Now, assuming they're making the product that people want, which most of them are in the size they want. Right. Um, but that's the stuff that, you know, again, it should be the worst. So worst from supply 
supply, worse from packaging. You know, we're even looking at right now, you know, we thought we uh, handled odor control in our stores appropriately, like when we designed the stores, but we knew it would be a challenge. And what we realized early on is a lot of the packaging that comes in is not fully sealed to the level we want or because the corrugate sits in a lot of these same warehouses actually the corrugate has a seeping in of the of of a nose of of, of cannabis so we're looking to potentially do some tests with some technology that's used in the world to eliminate odor you know because they were very sensitive to our beverage alcohol customers experience but we thought we didn't know that going in right and so (laughs) well how would you um, yeah yeah. and so we're we're all like i say you know striving for excellence not perfection is what i've told my people and i kind of customers man today and i'm one of them like we have such a high standard understandably because we have so many great retailers like doing things that just take no friction for us yeah right and so how do we just breathe and go okay this is going to be better and better, right? It's a great, I love the way you put that. You know, it's the worst it'll be. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've probably sick of talking about it, but I mean, uh, you know, I talk about this stuff on a daily basis. got in many conversations and debates with people. The packaging sucks. And, you know, I'm always trying to look at it from a, uh, I guess an objective point of view. Well, sure, the packaging sucks. There's, it's overcomplicated packaging. I'm sure there's a reason for that. I'm sure it'll get better. You know, like I have to believe that that's the case. Um, it's funny just to hear you say that. So how often, so first of all, back to my other question. If I go online on the NSLC cannabis portal, is the stock represented there what's in store as well? Uh, to some degree, I, okay. and I hate to say a, a but, but, you know, answer, um, it is a very dynamic space right now. Yeah. And so, you know, what we say to consumers is, and what we try to do is when they get in line, let them know as quickly as possible what today's assortment is. Oh, and okay. so if you go to a, a retailer and we learned this in Colorado, like these guys don't have menu boards or, or right. don't have product boards. Yeah. It's what's available today. And they're seven, eight years into this thing. Now that's more right. because they're integrated, you know, vertically and they're growing their own stuff and it's what's available, yeah. what's been on, you know, been going it's on. It's like the, craft beer almost. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's really a, a reconditioning of a consumer mindset because mm-hmm. how often have you ever seen Captain Morgan or Propeller or Garrison or something out of stock in our stores, yeah, right. right? Like yeah. a brand new craft beer that's taken off. Yeah, okay. But you, you're they're used to a consistency there. And mm. so what we're trying to be sensitive to is not necessarily, at least right now, um, you know, brand, because brand is going to be there if they have produced it and have given us to be there. Right. But we are seeing that there's a disproportionate amount, like I think we talked about last time, of the business being sold at 15 to 20% THC and 20% and above. Right. And so if we can't fulfill that need, then fundamentally you really, your store is closed with being open. Right. You know? Yeah. And all we're doing <laughs> is going to be creating more frustration when mm-hmm. a customer stands in line and goes, that's all you have. Now we're also seeing somewhat a pleasant surprise, the, you know, the oils, capsule, low THC to no THC, high CBD stuff, you know, taking off as well. Oh, is that right? So there's a lot of people, um, you know, trying that product for, for yeah. different needs. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, it's kind of as, a, as polarized as we maybe thought it was going to be yeah. and maybe even more extreme. How often are you getting new shipments? A daily. Oh, it is daily. Yeah. 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 Well, I'd say that in hope. Maybe it's a hopeful yeah. answer. Um, <laughs> most days, I'll say. And so what we do is something lands today. Um, a small group of very smart people um, look at the store by store um, yeah. uh, position, stock position. Yeah. Um, in particular, look at it in two ways. Um, THC content yeah. and product size format. And so what you've not seen, and, and it's, it's amazing the media really, and others haven't picked up, like you haven't seen a lot of large pack formats in any store in Canada yet. Right. You know why? It's because all these producers are going crazy just trying to get their one in 3.5 grams. Yeah. And 3.5 grams is by far our leading skew so far. Yeah. So, you know, I, I say it's to people- trying new product. It's, you don't yeah, it's, it. it's yeah. not one gram where, well, did it give me what I wanted? Could I share it with my friends on an occasion? Yeah. It's enough to really know if you picked the right thing, I yeah. think. And that's what we're, we're getting. Getting. It's not, you know, from a price point, it's not egregious. You know, it's not yeah. putting out hundreds of dollars for the, for, you know, for the first time you try something. Yeah. I think over time, though, as supply comes on board, package comes on board, and loyalty comes, you'll see a much greater proportion go to those skews. Larger quantities. Simply because yeah. there's a bit of a price value equation there too, right? Well, so. and I think too, when you find something that you like, 
you know, you know, I know for me when I went to the store, I I got I got really roped into the variety. Like yeah. I I went in there and I intended on buying like one or two things. I think I bought four or five things, and I literally because I was like, oh, and I want to talk about this, and, and I have to I have to compliment you on the strategy of of the categories. Um, what are they? Relax, enhance, uh, center, and, and unwind, unwind. Right. Yep. And I mean, I liked it when we first talked about it. I know there was some issues. Somebody yeah. raised a stink about whether it was compliant. Um, but I, and, and, you know, experienced user got completely sucked in to, to what happens when you do that, <laughs> right? So I'm standing in store. I, I get someone hands me the menu, right, on paper. And immediately I go, well, I think I'm going to get one from each category. Because, well, why wouldn't I? I mean, I'll just try something from each one. And by the time I got to the counter... Not only had I picked something from each category, but then I heard other people talking about ones they wanted to try. And even at the moment of purchase, I was literally at the cash. I heard someone else mention a strain and it smelled good. And they were, I was like, oh, I'll try that one too. And I was just like, I got so caught up in the variety. I ended up walking away with way more than I had intended to, which in hindsight turned out to be a good thing because <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was available. But are you finding, I'm not even sure where I was going to go with that, but are you- Well, let me find, comment because I want yeah. I think- you know, that's an unintended consequence yeah. or unintended positive consequence. Yeah, yeah. The intent of that was really to provide you, the customer, yeah. and bluntly, and maybe a little bit more so, my staff, a framework for the conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, was, like we we are really, and this is from our shareholder down, we're not here to sell more cannabis. Mm -hmm. Like we're here to fulfill demand, yeah. but to fulfill demand comes with a responsibility. And that's why yeah. I had issue with with how things came at us there because many of those in the health profession um, were partners with us in saying that this is a responsible way to communicate yeah. a general way to think about how these products affect sure. you. And so, you know, we, we tweaked a little bit based on that. And I think it did make us better in that we, um, there is lots of, of, of unintended negative consequences for some by consuming cannabis. And we dialed those up so that at least people were as aware of the positive potential yeah. experiences as those that affect a, a minority mm -hmm. in, a, in a negative <clears throat> experience. And so I think, that happening made us better, but I'm really proud that we were able to maintain those. And to this day, people are using them. They're using yeah. them at least as a starting point. Yeah, right? look, uh, the friends and people that I know that have gone to the store have commented on it all the time. I commented on it as like it was different when we were talking about it philosophically than it was in the store going, mm -hmm. what am I going to choose? It yeah. sort of was very helpful. And just so people are aware, I mean, some of the heat that you were taking, correct me if I was wrong, was whether or not those were claims that would seem to be non-compliant because they were claiming an effect. Yeah, to a degree. On, on that effect or or promotion or marketing was right. the kind of space that right. we, were, we were working. And, and kudos to our, our partners in the federal government. They... Um, they were very diligent in their assessment of that. And I yeah. think, again, I, I, my takeaway is that situation made us all better and we yeah. went to a better place. So, so that's that's a good thing. Likely to continue to happen, I would guess. Things yeah, you mean, like I think not as much in our world. I, I, don't, I think we know that line um, and we won't be as um, um, open to pushing that line as right. I think where really you're going to see the energy of the federal government is going to be around the the, late, the LPs as yeah. they attempt to creatively brand build in mm -hmm. an area where it's very, very restrictive. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people I've talked to in the lines, in the lines the second time, if my team did their job the first time and matched their their desired outcome, and yeah. we talk about curating experiences, yeah. and that met their expectation, there's a lot of just negative versus the upside to just playing around and trying, sure, yeah. right? You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the category in Canada is not yet, with these people I'm talking about, are sophisticated enough to understand like terpenes and flavors as much, yeah. and so they're not even there yet, but it made them feel the way they want to feel, and they maybe came back to buy it again, yeah. right? And so that first... That first purchase, I guess, think is a, is going to be a key one for, yeah. for from from the supplier perspective, yeah. for sure. You know, the last time we talked, one of the things that you kept saying that I I really liked was this idea that you were finally in a place of acceptance. You know, you would given up the idea <laughs> that you had to you didn't have we're never going to have to do something with this, and and here you were, and and with that came this very optimistic attitude, uh, you know, glass half full kind of thing that I that I got from you. Uh, you still feeling that way? 
Yeah, you know, I feel a sense of pride, you know, yeah. more than I think the optimism has has pivoted to pride because of what you know, we, we achieved, you know, I think my quote last time was we didn't ask for it, but man, are we proud that we were, yeah. we were given it. And we talked about how we hired people earlier in the show here. And yeah. that alone is something I'm proud to be able to, to help a few people's, you know, lives out and, and hire a few more people yeah. and give them a few more hours and, and do it responsibly. And so, no, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm very proud of the organization our we we kind of joke that when when my vice president of operations um and i would debate something and get to a, a solve or, or not quite sure how it would play out the the end point was our people will figure it out right, right, right. and we are proven time after time that our, our little head office ivory tower that's not where things really get figured out they right. kind of start there yeah. and we've learned a ton from our stores in real yeah. time of just little stuff yeah. that has helped us um, be in the position I think we're in today yeah. so no I'm really optimistic I mean a lot of unknown I mean, we're on the clock again already and uh, <laughs> and I think the only thing is uh, seeing federally and provincially where where some of those paths might mm. take us over the next uh, believe it or not, Ten and a half months yeah. uh, to the next to Crazy. next point in time. Yeah, one of the other things that you you said was you, that in some ways you'd be arrogant to think that you're going to get it right uh, out of the gate. And so, I know that a lot of work was put into the store uh, from the perspective of it uh, of provi providing some flexibility. You know, mm -hmm. so that if you had to adjust, you could do that. So how has that gone? Have there been any immediate issues since opening with the store design and the way that fl the people flow through and iPad use, whatever the case might yeah, be? Yeah, no, I, I think it would be arrogant to say that we got it perfect. I think uh, a pleasant surprise, but a, an ironic one is all these lineups, we actually have very quick transaction time because we do the 17-minute transaction while you're waiting in line. So oh, right. the moment someone who comes in our store, our, our, our person who we thought was going to be more of a triage person and kind of put them in the right line yeah. and ask them their needs, they are starting what we thought and learned in Colorado could be a first time or 17 minute experience. By the time they get through the queue in the store itself, yeah. they're just asking, is this still in stock oh, and finishing the their I transaction? Yeah. So we've been kind of, you know, lucky and fortunate there that we haven't then added another 17 minutes, you know, on the, yeah. on the front end of the transaction. I think the things that have been, um, if you could do over again, you, you mentioned the iPad stuff. You know, I think if you look at technology and utilization of technology in a retail environment today, I've never been a big fan of big, solid, um, you know, physical things. Yeah. You know, we're, that that's on our phone, right? Our yeah, phone, right. and we have our all our own past to purchase now. Yeah. So we were hopeful that that area would be something that you know those really um, higher maintenance first time users wanted to go and interact with someone with technology in front of them and do the quiz and learn through. And it's been very very underutilized. Part oh, of yeah. our theory is people, especially early on, like actually scared to jump out of the line and lose their cue, not knowing yeah. that we would we would bring them to the front of the line. I was just going to say, uh, uh, again, even in my experience, I wanted to go use one. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't get out of the Exactly. Line. So yeah. I think what we've learned there is there might still be a role for technology, maybe on a wall or somewhere, yeah. even that you can access as you quickly get through a line or something. Yeah. But I do really love that I have that area to play with, with, yeah. what, with what might be coming at us right. potentially. And even if it nothing new comes up in terms of product lines, we could make it a, a, a retail experience that can breathe a little bit, mm -hmm. that we can do maybe um, some focus areas around local or terpenes or in-store um, education opportunities, yeah. you know, in our non-busy times yeah. to use that area for. Yeah. So that would be, that would be a big one. Um, you know, I think the other one we certainly thought about queue management, line management, mm -hmm. but I didn't think about once I got them out the door, how do I wrap them around Portland Street all the way to the library, right? Like the magnitude, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. was, was I was, um, I was a, you know, a traffic cop day one. And anytime, again, my vice president of operations, Paul and I were in a store beforehand, we were kind of, you know, visioning the line, giving some coaching on how we were going to line up. Yeah. Like to say that went out the window, like that went out the window <laughs> quick and it wow. went out the window longer than we thought. Yeah. So that was really hard to not impact our, our, our traditional beverage alcohol shopping experience right. when you have basically 12 hours 
at about 90 transactions an hour from opening close for five days straight. Yeah. Right? And so, um, and I didn't want people out in the rain and the cold sure. and things, and not all our stores are designed the same. And so uh, we, we learned a lot about that. And I think in in, in if and when we ever have to or, or ask to build more stores, like um, flow and design on that will be something that we think about outside the store environment yeah. more than yeah. we did inside. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And, and I think that would be, that would be one. And what well, we're, three or four weeks in now, I guess, are the lineups, I haven't been back uh, since the first day, um, but are the lineups still, still outside the door? Are they still big uh, lineups? Episodically. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think what we're realizing is um, we are in, you know, the, in, for the most part in an occasion driven, sure. uh, you know, categories, right? And we sell a lot of beverage alcohol on disproportionately on 15 to 20 days a year, right? right? And with the small sample size of these days, whether it be a Remembrance Day closure that just compresses you on each side a little bit or our plans for uh, what will be an unbelievably busy Christmas period, yeah, it's going to be the same in, in cannabis. Um, and especially, I think, early on because of that novelty multiplier that you're going to have people who didn't come day one, mm. who come around seasons where they're going to be in more social occasions yeah. with more people. And I think we're going to see a lot of, of folks trying it potentially for the, for the first time yeah. and coming into the system at that point. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of busy, busy stores at that point. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned people trying for the first time. One of the other, I had some great experiences in line. This is why I wanted to, to just immerse myself. If it yeah. took three hours, so be it. But there was, uh, I witnessed a woman, you know, in the, at the cash next to me who was, you know, spending hundreds of dollars on a vaporizer uh, for the first, first time use. And she, I could hear her talking to the person behind the cash, you know, saying, asking which one was right, which one was, uh, you know, is it worth the money was one of the questions I heard. And, um, you know, I just, I just was fascinated that as a first time user, not only would you go to the store publicly to to buy it, which would I think as a first time would be intimidating, but to jump in with both feet and spend hundreds of dollars on yeah. something you've never used before. And, you know, but it was, I remember hearing the advice. It was great advice. The other thing that I was most impressed with for me, you know, I felt this weird sense of panic by the time I got to the cash. So, you know, I got this sheet, right? And I and I was looking at what I wanted to do. And I felt like when I got to the cash, I needed to know what I wanted. And the woman behind the counter said, no, 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 no. She said, this is your time. You know, you're, yeah. you made it here. Take as much time as you want. And it immediately sort of relaxed me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's, that was refreshing. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that. I felt I felt pressure because the, you know, the lineup was all the way outside behind me. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a nice reminder. And I was actually quite impressed with the way that she could tell that I was, I was anxious and it wasn't, I was excited for one, uh, but did feel like I had to hurry. Yeah. I mean, I think two yeah. things there. One, not all that, you know, that doesn't come by happenstance. You know, yeah. I think great training and development, our HR team and our, our trainers did an amazing job and very quick and our partners in Lyft. But at the same time, hiring good people who just mm. know how to interact with people, yeah. right? We've got, we took some of our best beverage alcohol experience managers yeah. and in particular, our, our head of experience uh, at the port store, our flagship wine experience. Yeah. We actually, him, he went to day five in every one of our training and talked about it, what it's like to sell fine wine every day and why he's as good without him he's a very humble guy why he's as good and how he sells to people how he looks for um you know cues from people yeah. uh, how he just humanizes yeah. you know a, a customer interaction put it. and i think a lot of people really that resonated and they're just really good people who want to have once you want you leave leaving happy right yeah, yeah. excited about what you bought right yeah so so we're all being very positive about everything that happened um was it the first day or the second day? There were some issues online mm -hmm. uh, related to, was it the age gating of the site? Yeah. So our shareholder, um, uh, you know, near the end of the process asked us to put an additional control in place. So there's, there's some confusion on this one. Let me clear it up a little bit, yeah. which is our online access card. So simply, hey, come see us, any store, not just cannabis store, get your access card. You can have it forever. You got a number to get in. It gets you past the site. You can set yourself up as a guest. Yeah, you can be a you know permanent, blah, 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 et cetera. Yeah. And there was, uh, and so it wasn't really about that, that card or any of the access uh, aspect of it. It was getting around some other aspects of our site. Yeah. We found out, um, I want to say around noon, 
noon one day, and within six, eight hours, uh, we closed the Result. loop, and it was yeah. clean. So no, we're not holding any personal information, so there was no risk of personal sure. information. It was simply a control that could be worked around, and uh, and we were able to, to was pass it Was it just people punching in random numbers or something? No, it was, yeah, just lots of details. <laughs> like we, we got through it, and, okay. um, you know, hey, people are creative out there, right? And, yeah. and they're going to try to, and you know what? Good for them. They're going to make us uh, better, and, yeah. and we were lucky that uh, we were able to address it almost immediately yeah and uh and, and move on from it yeah it was like literally like something about like a cachet that holds in your thing and it's oh yeah, yeah. And my it guys are cringing right now yeah <laughs> stop so, talking about right. it tim no it doesn't matter yeah. they fixed it but i'm not saying the solve properly i guarantee um what about anything else i mean customer complaints staff uh, no anything? i think you know yeah. um I think not surprisingly, because I'm not here to protect a model. I'm here to celebrate what happened in our yeah. people, and I'm really proud of it. But, you know, there was one in 50 people at a 900 in line that day who were really mad at me for yeah. having such a long line and why we were in the business. And, yeah. and I try to take those as opportunity to educate and yeah. and, and let them know the really, really is that we're doing our best. And yeah. uh, and the majority of the people, and it was really funny, I had one instance, an incident in Portland Street where I began my, my humanizing non-corporate spiel to this gentleman. And like, the people around him started to defend me oh, really? <laughs> and I actually had to kind of pull back cause they got it right. Like they got yeah. that. We didn't ask for this, but we're doing a great job. They're actually really, you know, one guy had already been through. So he knew, he said, man, wait till you get these people know their stuff in there. Like, you know, they were oh, kind of yeah. rallying for me. And, uh, and so that, that was cool. Um, but you it's know, it's a bit the, ironic to me. That's the right word that somebody in the lineup at your store to buy cannabis would start questioning about why you're even in the business in the first place. Yeah. No, and you know what? I, I get it. You know, yeah. I cut my teeth in private. I've still worked more years in, in package goods than I have in Crown Corporation, you know, retailing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that some people philosophically don't feel that, you know, government should be in certain lines of business. Yeah. And, and you can have that opinion. You know, I don't sure. mind. It's not my people's fault though, right? They're yeah. doing their best and we're trying to make it never feel that way. I want you to feel like we're a great retailer yeah. uh, and that we're, we're responsible in our approach and then we're fiscally prudent and all those sort of things, but but we're just trying to, to give the best experience possible, right? You sort of touched on this earlier, but uh, I think it was in the lineups you were discussing, maybe rethinking for future store openings, how that queue is handled outside. I can't remember the exact numbers, but the last time we were talking, there was discussion about slowing down the plans for all the openings. What's the total number of stores? That 12 were, stores. 12 yeah, 11, now? 11 plus one, yeah. But there's a larger number that was planned for, was there not? Uh, no, not in Nova Scotia. We actually had less planned. And then because the delay went from July 1st, October 17th, we oh. added three more stores that we were able to. And, okay. You know. Luckily, we did. You know, I think, now I say that luckily, I'm sure our online penetration would have went higher if we weren't able to get those stores done. But you talk about a rallying cry for the organization. The moment we, we're actually on a bus to go see a licensed producer's facility and do some education when we found out legalization day. And instead of celebrating and the team going, oh my gosh, I can breathe, you know, July 1st, now everything we thought was right to the thing. We got a couple, you know, months to to breathe. They went, Tim, I think we can do those three stores now. Oh, right. And so, you know, what an incredible sense of pride that these guys are already working double days and go, yeah. we we can get this done now, yeah. right? Which was cool. And that was, uh, what was this, in New Minus, like some Bridgewater and Anaganish were the oh, three yeah. that we got to add. Yeah. So if you were to add any more, and I don't know if there are plans to, but I guess you can take now the learning from what you've seen would that you'd obviously incorporate that into what the plans yeah. were for the new stores yeah absolutely I mean, and i mean i think the thing too you know again our shareholder we're in constant dialogue um they've been f- fabulous in this you know we'll we'll find out that appropriate time to assess and yeah. you know i've got to, my job is to be ready for if i get that directive to yeah. to add stores and do it do it responsibly but I, I think there's certainly design elements but i think what i would say is this next batch will be more difficult right yeah. because we took a not only a geographic dispersion and an ability to do them you know within a time frame within a budget but also we had certain areas of the store that naturally were underutilized. So yeah. uh, we converted a, you know, a bottle your own wine section or the back shop was twice as big as we needed it. It gets incrementally harder when you don't have 
sort of that flexibility to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to say we can't do it if we're asked upon. And yeah. there's always a you know an opportunity for standalone stores and things and get creative and hybrid stores yeah. that if we ever have to go there, we could do. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, the online uptake. You know, if you didn't open those three extra stores. Which makes me think about the Ontario thing and, mm-hmm. you know, their late game decision to change to a private model. And and now you can only buy online until I think it's April next year. I will take the over. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about this? <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll just be fair to, to folks I know who worked really hard there. This mm-hmm. was a very unexpected change in direction. Mm-hmm. And with an unexpected change in philosophy and direction comes with a multiplier exponential level of complexity. Yeah. And so um, hold on tight for a while yeah. you know, in Ontario. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And, and just think about the practical. I mean, I'm not talking to school. Just to be able to to go to this model into, you know, in negotiating with municipalities to feel comfortable that a cannabis store can mm-hmm. go somewhere that's not a certain difference from a school or from whatever is that important right. to that municipality and imagine how different that conversation, if you have the scale and partnership and governmental backing of someone like the LCBO or, or you know, an organization having that dialogue versus a local entrepreneur that with the rules that they placed out, I think you're only even allowed to have a few stores, right? Right, right. So you go into the, you know, you go into the city of Brampton, folks, and say, I want three stores in Brampton in these locations and try to do anything on a municipal level fast. Yeah. That is going to be... You know, it's going to be tough. And I think our model um, did allow us to move a little quicker on some of those aspects because we're already sensitive to a lot of those those concerns, right? So, again, no one's fault. Don't, hey, agree, disagree philosophically. All I'm going to say is I think that and the supply situation, we are into something that's going to take months, if not years, to fix. This is not a weeks or day fix. Yeah. And everything I've heard, anecdotal, of course, is that the online sales are are quite good in Ontario. Uh, well, I guess to find good, you mean yeah. they're, they're having some certain very public, you know, replenishment challenges, which has been, um, you know, um, further challenged by the, the Canada Post situation we talked mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. But no, you mean they're, they're selling well. What I'll say is um, if you look at the ratios that normally we would sell to them, they're they're under indexing versus right. what we would normally see, and I think that is just the reality of right now. People are either hearing all these challenges, so they're not even attempting yet to, yeah. to go into the system, or to some degree, I think we still have a level of of privacy concern or just you know data yeah. information, et cetera, credit card information. That if you're only online, there's a maximum potential penetration you'll achieve. Right, uh, it's just. It's consumer behavior, right? Like, um, and I think that will, as it socializes, as it plays out, that will all again. We're at our our worst point. Let's come back to it. It can only, I think, get get better and and be be more positive. It's a great take. It's a great takeaway. I uh, a couple other things. You, um, I think back that was about five months ago, five six months ago, back in May when we were first talking about this, and you had mentioned hoping to get the first receipt. Now, I, I don't think you imp- intended to work at the store that day. I know. Uh, so I don't imagine you got the first receipt, but how close were you to someone that did uh, in that store? So, yeah, I um, I got a day one receipt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me but, too. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I was a little bit busier than I thought at uh, at 9.59 that morning. Um, a lovely young lady uh, had camped out for a couple hours to be the oh, first really? person "Quote unquote" in Dartmouth, uh, I think she said from the dark side. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, to uh, to purchase cannabis, and so I ensured that in the mad rush of of me being a bit of the Pied Piper from our front mm. door to the back to the cannabis uh, zone, that we uh, we made sure she got to to the front of the to the front oh, of cool. the line, and she was she was pretty excited about it. Yeah. yeah. So, is there anything you know looking back again? We're only a month in, so it's it seems funny to be saying looking back, but is there anything you would have done differently? Um, I mean, I hit on a few of them on the design side. No, I I think you know, kudos to to my boss and and our our senior um, vice president who kind of shepherded the ownership of the project. I think how we structured the project um, itself 
is a direct correlation to where we're at today. Yeah. And, and, and selfishly, we've got people who've not just, you know, worked in one style of their, you know, worked in government their whole life or worked in retail, or whatever. We've got folks with really diverse backgrounds that brought something to the table, yeah. uh, put into that double duty. And, you know, they, there was moments that, you know, we gave them the right to say to us, stop acting like you do on your normal day-to-day job and say you need till tomorrow to answer that or whatever. And I had, you know, quote unquote, middle, you know, management type people saying, Tim, I got to know now. Like, and we had that uncomfortable moment. I went, oh crap, I gave you the license to ask me that. And now I got to answer that, (laughs) right? Like we, we, and I I used my cheesy quote last time, things that took us years, we did in months, Mm -hmm. months, weeks, weeks, days. Mm -hmm. um, But they really pushed it. And and if they didn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't where we're at today. Um, So that, that was good. And um, we're learning every day. You know, we're learning about our partners. We're learning about... Um, our processes, we're learning about um, IT stuff. You've told me our third, our, our part, our party um, who does all our distribution. They're learning, yeah. Um, as they, you know, fulfill everything from online to our trucks that go out there. Um, you know, what I would say if I could leave our customer base that's listening with something is. I don't want you disappointed. We're doing everything possible to make this a positive experience. Whether that's whether you go on our website, whether you come to our store, we're doing our best. Now, I don't want you, and I know you won't, say that that's okay. They're going to, they want us to be better. But tell us how we can be better, you know, Call our service line, pull a manager across, tell the the gal at the at the cash who just had a great experience. Hey, you know what? I, I wish this. Like for instance, like here's a, here's a silly little example. We we have approached accessories a certain way to date. We're hearing a lot about the quality, the use of it, the type, the what the they're looking for, the accessory yeah. side. So you know, there's a couple brands that people who are really in the know would love us to carry. And and okay, let's listen. Maybe, maybe that is something we do in yeah. phase two. We had to get. A starting point. Yeah, sure. But we're going to be silly, and what we're also going to do is we're pulling all the the senior folks and people from these stores in January into our office to hear from them. Yeah. And just say, guys, a product assortment, because you right now, what everyone tells you is being sold in Canada. It's an artificial sale, sure. right? Because we're selling what we have. Right. Right. So you can't look at a sales number and go, oh, this is exactly how it's going to be segmented by size or by THC or by format. It's it's not. Yeah. Right. So if you're not asking your people what you could have sold or what are they looking for and what are they actually buying, you're never going to fill that gap, right? right, right. And so we're, we're doing a lot of that. And I think those are people who are really engaged in the cannabis, you know, industry and, and want to purchase from us, you know, get on our, be on our Twitter, like, get, yeah. you know, uh, uh, like us on Facebook, get us into, get into talking to us because the last thing I do want you to do is drive 20 minutes to a store right. and us, you know, and it be in a brownout where we're closing it for six hours because we're yeah. waiting for our next batch to show up. And I think you got to be hypersensitive to this in December. Um, you know, nobody is able to build inventory right now. And it's yeah. like November, what, 17th yeah, or whatever yeah. date it is today. December is going to be a very challenging month for any retailer of cannabis in Canada. And we're going to do our best, but I think you want to be engaging with us on a daily basis, if not, you know, right before your purchase. Um, Because we don't want to disappoint. It's funny. I've got friends who will text me you know, if they're at the store, they're like, oh, the truck just pulled up. I think they're getting, you know, yeah. new shipments in. We got, a, we got a nickname that's called the Pappy Van Winkle effect. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you know, but there's this cult uh, bourbon in uh, the U.S. called Pappy Van Winkle. And it's a business case uh, in, as a retailer, how not to do things sometimes because before it was a, it was just a show up and get it system. And yeah. you had some crazy behaviors. Like people like um, following the truck for hundreds oh, really? of miles because they had logos on the truck. Yeah. So producer takes the logos off the truck and they went to a lottery system to get this product. And so, um, yeah, it's <laughs> we, we did see it that we saw people yeah. socially in line go, I think the truck just showed up. Yeah, and yeah. we literally saw a bump for the next four to five hours yeah. as that started. I, to, I to, can to, vouch to, for it. To spread. I, yeah. I know people that heard the shipment was in and ran down to the store. You yeah. know, it's kind of crazy, which speaks uh, a little bit to me. You know, I'm still very amused if we think way back when, months back when we were talking about how we could possibly predict the demand. And I think the stat at the time was 20% of people said they used. So there yeah, was this idea Scotia, that, one five, yeah. yeah, there was this idea that, oh, it'll be fine. The demand's not that high. Yet there was this great anticipation that this is exactly what was going to happen. And so I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and we were sort of laughing about, yeah, again, once again, 
pretty sure that was the 20% of people that admitted yeah. they, would, they, they would use, yeah. right? Because there's a lot more people now. Uh, uh, well, and I think, store. you know, let, let's be honest, the policy as it's intended wasn't going to work perfectly overnight. You mean, yeah, taking right. this out of the hands of organized crime and, and et cetera, it's going to take time, right? But I think it's a great first step yeah. in, in what is a long-term strategy. Um, but some people have probably have remained in that source. So say if the number was 20%, what, 10, 15 have started a behavior in our world a little bit. Yeah. And you know who's topping those up is probably those new users or the or the what we call yeah. the boomerang user yeah. who may have trade it, tried it in university yep. or is trying it for what they might perceive to be a, a medicinal benefit or something. Yeah. And there's a lot of different folks in that line. As you yeah. sat and stood oh, yeah. in, you probably saw yeah. a, a pretty diverse group of people. Yeah, it was right? pretty interesting. Uh, you know, and daily I'm hearing about people that are you know, trying for the first time or want to, you know, still haven't. Yeah. Um, and I'll, and we'll wrap things up with this. I think it's the only question that I asked you the last time <laughs> I heard it that stumped you. And it had to do with your own family and your kids. That's right. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think at the time you had yet to think about what do I say to my kids? I can only imagine the conversations going on in your household uh, today. And so where are things at there? Yeah, you know what? You did hit me back. You hit me hard on that one the first time. People giggled because I'm not a man who's who's short for words sometimes, and yeah. so uh, I don't mind taking that taking that criticism and, and have a laugh about it. No, you know what? It. Uh, I think my answer holds true, which is, if we were going to be tasked with this, and I can be small part of doing it responsibly yeah. and do it in a way that. Uh, you know, sort of my my family or Nova Scotians to some degree can be be proud of. That's my measuring stick. Yeah. Um, it does not avoid the fact that very soon I'm going to have two very difficult conversations yeah. with a little girl in particular, one of them who's going to turn seven in January, yeah. of the role of cannabis and cannabis lifestyle and what I hope she'll follow in terms of when she and if she decides yeah. to consume because there is um, still a ton of research around brain yeah. development that is concerning for me as a, as a father. And then second, um, getting it across in a way of, of this is what daddy does for a living. Because yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. she she says, yeah. you know, someone asked, daddy runs the beer stores, yeah. right? Because she, you know, I, I appropriately, uh, you know, socialize her to beverage alcohol. And, and I think if uh, if consumed properly in life, it's, it's part of enhancing life's occasions. And yeah. I want her to not... Uh, look at it as as evil because it's not yeah. if it's and properly but but certainly there's going to be a time and place in her life in 12 and a bit years that she can, she can decide for herself <laughs> i'm How being hopeful <laughs> i'm being so hopeful well you're uh, optimistic yeah. once again <laughs> it's the second one it's her little sister i'm worried yeah. about she's the, she's going to be the one that gets her on the speaker at the dance floor think, so <laughs> well look if you're lucky i actually think that your kids and many uh, kids at that age might have an advantage that we don't, you, yeah. you know, and that they they may grow up with a whole different perception of what this is than we all did. Yeah. And, and that battle, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, may be a little easier for some of I agree, of them. Sean. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the pivot point on even that will be, you know, come next October. Yeah. Because like I say, for a, a four and a seven-year-old, the it'll all be one eventually. Yeah. And that's when they'll start to understand it for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look at, you know, the potential paths of, of edibles and vape and, and infused beverages, yeah. that takes so many barriers down yeah. to understanding and consuming and and in a format that people are much more used to right yeah. to to uh, in their everyday lives right yeah, yeah. Um, to crack yeah. a beer is you know we're we're, we're used to deal. doing that right yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that's going to be uh, you know cracking um, you know effectively a, a THC beverage mm -hmm. uh, that's odorless or has the odor you want that's tasteless or has the taste you want that tastes like cannabis or doesn't taste like cannabis Listen, I, that I, has no <laughs> calories right these are yeah. these are things just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so we all have to be ready to have that conversation too, yeah. right? Which, well, I had the opportunity to try a uh, infused pop, orange soda, yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago in, in California. And uh, I got to tell you, it's impressive. Yeah. You know, it, it tastes like pop. The, the effects are appropriate and don't last too long. And I tell you, when that 
when that happens, it's going to be a new game. Yeah. But so look, that's our before and after podcast, yeah. apparently. Yeah. This year, maybe, right? <laughs> well, yeah. look, uh, I wish you all the best and all the luck in the world with, with that stuff, the, yeah. the children oh, things. Sure. I think you'll be just fine. But I want to congratulate you on an area you don't need any luck in, that's for sure. And that's uh, everything you guys have done today to get us where we all are. I know it's not easy. Uh, the last time that you were here and we spoke, I gained a tremendous amount of empathy for all the work that goes into doing this. And, and not just doing it, but understanding that it may not be perfect the first time. I think that's a huge way, uh, um, uh, opportunistic way to look at this and 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 understand that we're going to learn as we go. So, congrats to you guys. I, I was able to get in there and experience it once so far. I'll yeah. probably go in now on your advice before December hits. But uh, yeah, I know. But, I <laughs> my watch it is causing a rush next weekend, right? Yeah. But, no, and thank thank you. You know, we. Um, we appreciate being able to tell our story, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think, um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to do our best, but at the same time, do it in a way that's, uh, that's responsible and, and it's gone pretty well so far. And so yeah. it's nice to be able to have a little bit more long form with, uh, with a little bit of, you know, nuance to yeah, it, we'll right? say, versus yeah. the, the headline grabbing, which, <laughs> right. which is, is, you know, it's happening right now and it's the, one of the biggest thing in our history of Canada. So you understand yeah. why, right? It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, well done. And thanks for coming right. back. We thanks, may Sean. want to chat again, but right. uh, thanks again. Thank you. Well, that was Tim, you know, Pellerin from the NSLC. And I, I was excited to have him back. You know, I, I, I've been talking since the beginning and every time we had a guest come on this show, there's always been this idea that, man, it'll be neat to have them come back after this whole thing is is past day one and, and things are happening. So Tim was one of the first people we wanted to get back simply because of the experience that he's now navigating at the NSLC stores. You know, it was fun to watch him. He, he was clearly excited and proud of what's been done so far. He's of no false pretense that, that, that they've been absolutely perfect in their execution of things acknowledging everything from the product, the lines, all of the things that, you know, we hear people complaining about. But what I liked most about that conversation was, again, as he was before, this this idea that we're learning on the fly and you take everything that happens on day one and day two and day 82, for that matter, and you learn from it. And so it's impressive to see that they understand that this is a, a walk, not a sprint, whatever that phrase is that people like to use. The thing that he said that I loved the most was, the, this is the worst that we're ever going to see it. And I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we are dealing with what we've been handed. Uh, we're doing the best with what we've got. And, and only it's only going to improve from here. So you can only imagine that if this is the worst that we're ever going to see it, that it will improve. You know, I've heard all the complaints and concerns around packaging. I had some of those discussions myself, but again, he makes a good point. Well, everybody in the industry will learn from that. Um, I think that we make the mistake and maybe even take for granted that everybody in this industry, growers included, know exactly what they're doing. But I need to remind myself and everyone listening that this is a brand new industry. And as much as everybody knows what they know currently about what they're doing, it's what we don't know that will make us better as we go. So I want to thank Tim uh, both for for the work that they've done in helping navigate, you know, the the sale and distribution here in Nova Scotia and his perspective on the whole industry. I mean, once again, it, it just helps me better understand what's going on and the idea that it can only get better from here. And that's where I'll leave it for today. And who knows where we'll be in six months from now. So thanks, Tim. And uh, let's see how things go. This is Turning a New Leaf produced by the Village Soundcast Network. And I'm your host, Sean King. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. As we discuss the changing face of Canada after it has now legalized recreational marijuana, marijuana, anything else you marijuana?